Hello and welcome back to our weekly podcast Shift where each week we navigate a shift in ideologies methodologies and consequences with regards to a particular topic. We hope to begin a conversation on various topics that you dear listeners will continue on our Instagram page at @shift. Hey guys, welcome back to the Shift podcast. I'm your host for the day Ria Rachel Burgis and today I'm going to be discussing the various shifts in fashion trends. Fashion trends have been around since the 17th century and still continues to be a huge part of our lives. But have you guys ever wondered about what determines a trend? Can a trend be forecasted? How come trends like Y2K are coming back? How has the safari suit survived for so long? <laughs> well, Through my discussion today I'm hoping to dissect some of these questions with my guests. And speaking of my guests, today I have two very very fun and interesting people with me. Amy Vergis who is a final year NIF student and Nimisha Devakar who is the founder of a homegrown fashion brand called Monocal. So sit back, relax and I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay so let's start off with uh, what makes a fashion trend Yeah so i think a trend basically is the amalgam of a lot of factors that are going on in society so when you talk of a trend it's primarily can be an idea an activity or philosophy in fact any action that has come into being and is constantly sort of evolving or changing over time Uh, now in a trend there is something called a driver and an enabler uh these factors along with something called acceptability are introduced in society by a lot of agents so now when you talk of agents they can be social cultural agents ethnographic agents psychographic agents demographic agents a lot of such factors attribute to um you know even say the institutionalization of a trend um it existing in society and it going forward now this not only applies to the world of fashion and pop culture but everywhere this is one common consensus about how i mean what a trend is and you know what it means in itself right all right thank you uh so obviously a trend just does not come out of you know nowhere so who sets the trends you know who's the trend setter so when we talk about like the trend setters when we talk in the in the sense of fashion we basically talk about these three theories okay like the trickle down theories okay. so it starts the the first trickle down theory is how like which has we've been seen this throughout that like you know the higher society people they start something they we see them wearing a certain maybe a certain silhouette a certain color and then that keeps on going down to the lower strata like from the upper middle class to maybe the middle class to maybe the uh, poor people and how these trends they just the, like when a very rich person is wearing supposedly a sari okay the material might be extremely you know heavy it might be very rich but while the time it's where like when it keeps on going down to the lowest societies the kind of quality the kind of feel changes but the aesthetic remains same so that is how a trend moves from you know upper society to a smaller society but when we talk about today's times 
today it's not just the celebrity celebrities or the big designers whom we look up to you know when we talk about the trend setters today yeah. there's a huge mass called the influencers which have come up and they generally start from the lower society they are like they start smaller they aren't big names in the society but people have t- started taking up you know their trends what they are setting and then we see big celebrities wear it so it's just the opposite it's called the trickle up theory so this is how we see these theories work in fashion and how it's not just it's not always how a celebrity is wearing it or a big high strata person is wearing it and it goes down but it's always it's even like you know the lower strata wearing it and it's coming up in the upper society even in the similar line called the trickle across theory where we see a lot of celebrities wearing a similar you know cut similar outfit because that's in trend apparently you know so we see how these theories work and trends are set in in the entire community then all right um so you have mentioned before that like socio economic situations do determine what trends are set in society can you guys elaborate on that a little more yeah so like you know to talk more about this i would like to talk about world war 1 okay right so basically when we look into history when we look into fashion history earlier we saw how in the elizabethan era back in the uh, 20th century women would wear these crazy extravagant gowns you know with fitted corsets and like very decorative corsets where it was not very functionable right it was supposed to be a, a very aesthetically pleasing that they are looking beautiful they are looking in a s shape form mm-hmm. and that was the ideology then women were seen as something was supposed to be looked at in a beautiful manner that is what society expected of them but when world war 1 hit yeah the role of yeah. women in the society changed because people needed labor people needed stuff so that like you know to fight the war resources were in scarce so what had happened was that as to how we saw like you know when a lot of fabric couldn't be produced rich fabrics couldn't be produced a lot of military fabric was produced women then they started wearing you know shorter hems it wasn't about wearing fitted corsets but it was wearing clothes which would help them you know walk faster work faster so we saw how when the entire mood of the century changed from happiness and extravagance to you know war the kind of trends that we saw emerging in the society changed it was yeah. no longer about yeah. wearing fitted corsets but today it was all about you know being prepared be wearing functionable clothing as as amy earlier mentioned about a trend just being fashionably accepted it's always about functionality it's about the era there's something called zeitgeist in fashion it's which is about the spirit of time as to how these things determine for example the biggest example today is covid when covid hit people completely you know started everyone was wearing masks everyone now is so into lounge wear which was not something which was prevalent back then something yeah. so now we see as to how like you know these socio economic situations be it in any form they really change our like you know our likings our likings and does affecting the final trends in the society thank you so much for that um so guys can a trend be forecasted like is there any way to know what would turn into a trend so basically when we talk about trend forecast we what do we mean we mean that trends are predicted and today yes trends are predicted at least two seasons prior Right. and when, so yeah so as you men asked me as to you know how can we predict trends or forecast trends 
also a huge design process has gone through like you know people go through a huge entire process where they sit and try to predict the mood of the coming season the kind of colors which might be you know coming back and when we talk about this a very important aspect of fashion comes in that mm-hmm. is the fashion cycle yeah. as we know trends like when a trend is introduced in the you know industry or in the fashion community it comes as an introduction it eventually reaches its peak phase where everyone is you know seen wearing it and slowly it declines and becomes extinct but it is always said that a fashion cycle never really gets extinct a lot of times it comes back and that is what we are seeing with a lot of trends today right what are we seeing that be it the y2k fashion be it you know certain corsets be it certain design elements which were seen maybe 10 years ago or 20 years ago are coming back in fashion so right. it's generally predicted that every trend has a certain you know a period of time after which they are going to emerge back and that is what we see today again that's the same thing that's happening that these trends are forecasted that yeah they are going to be coming back and now they are here what is forecast the huge team of people to sit and try to analyze these things as to you know with a given mood what kind of garments might be coming back what kind of clothing might be coming back or you know will be coming in the future what colors people might be liking with the mood with the season so all of these things are predicted and forecasted on the basis of which a lot of collections are then eventually made okay. all right thank yeah. you for that okay uh, so let's go a little closer to home um let's start with the safari suit it's something that we see in india to this date middle class men love it and seem to have loved it for a really long time how has this become such an everlasting trend so i think the safari suits uh, bears testament to an absolutely interesting percolation right. of fashion only that um, goes i'd say across um countries across continents and across time um well so i'd like to address this in detail mm-hmm. so you know the safari suits the origin of this hasn't really been quantified i mean as to where to pinpoint the origin correct but it's believed that uh, this has been inspired rather came down from the time of the britishers and from the indians who were in politics or the bureaucrats at that point mm-hmm. who were below in rank to the britishers Okay. So it's believed to have come down from there. It's a design that was uh, from the Britishers, and that has you know come in come into being in the Indian fashion context over years. Right. So um, I think the reason, in my opinion, why this has evolved to you know evolved to it has evolved like in its silhouette, and it's rare to say it's been here for so long. is the fact that uh, subconsciously it's always been associated to that bureaucratic image which is a rather elite image you know right another fact is that uh, since you mentioned the mass market so yeah. i think it's stayed with the mass market because this is one such garment that because of its silhouette because of its material its fall the overall appearance of it how the entire ensemble looks yeah it really draws a fine line between being elite and also at the same time not very formal that casual appeal it also somehow sits with um 
the monetary investment that a person who shops from you know the mass market would prefer to invest in right. that's one over time i think materials have been experimented a lot around this silhouette and these are several reasons i think for any government or any ensemble to you know stick throughout throughout like um, decades and years and the safari suit is a great example of the same um so as nimisha mentioned like you know y2k is coming back and corsets are coming back why do you think this has happened like what has made these trends so appealing to the current audience so i think y2k coming back in style has been the biggest talk i think um <laughs> since right. i'd say the pandemic since yeah. the summer of march uh, since the summer of 2020 i'd say right so i think reasons for these coming from individuals again has not been academically academically documented yeah. yet hence one one cannot say for sure the reason why i believe it particularly emerged in this in the year of this in the summer of this year is because as namisha mentioned earlier uh, loungewear was making a comeback right. streetwear was making a comeback big time yeah i'd say the crossover between luxury and streetwear was absolutely breakthrough in that particular year yeah a lot of conventional luxury brands who only do mainstream products were known to come up with the concept of streetwear which was taken very well by you know people who are ardent luxury shoppers who are the regular clientele so it was a trend that was very well accepted and i think what catalyzed this sentiment was the fact that everybody is at home mm-hmm. so nobody has to be decked up the way they would earlier and people have nowhere to go to yeah so i think this again spurred by the gen z um yeah. which i believe comes from a sense of nostalgia of either observing their parents from the early 2000s or the 1999 etc Mm-hmm. uh a lot of these factors actually helped revive the y2k and this is again this again bears testament to the cyclic nature of fashion yeah. a lot of people also credited to the fact that sex and the city is making a comeback <laughs> it, yeah yeah so there isn't a defined reason but yeah i think the essence of loungewear coming back and being taken by the gen z now you see a lot of small businesses a lot of creators doing amazing stuff out there a lot of people have had the time and the opportunity to actually use their skills to you know to i think come up with the best possible things is really helping this grow right. so for whatever reason i think pop culture should definitely be credited here yeah. for whatever reason the gen z really went back to this after to something that died two decades ago and this is something that is yes recognized as a fad now but yeah here to stay for some time in terms of silhouettes colors and yeah y2k has definitely in its whole sense made a comeback that is in this particular year right uh so uh, nimisha how have brands gone from promoting through big actors to social media influencers on the topic of y2k i just thought i i i only see social media influencers to be honest wearing y2k 
so and you have your own brand so is would you promote your brand through social media influencers or if you had the chance would you promote it through big actors it yeah. today it's not about you know just big, big celebrities wearing certain designers or certain brands and creating you know the demand for those garments but it's the influencers which are creating all the buzz even huge as brands be it gucci be it armani they are hiring influencers over celebrities right. because the kind right. of yes then the reason is because the kind of you know sales and the kind of buzz that these influencers are creating is way higher than that of a celebrity and when you ask me why that is so because i because firstly what i have observed that when we look at an influencer they have a much more relatable life compared to that of a celebrity they talk about their daily life they talk about they create these vlogs they you know try to put up fashion in very relatable situations which makes them so you know uh, not only relatable but at the same time admirable and people look up to them in that way because they feel like okay so this is like the girl next door but at the same time her fashion her personality is so out there that you would want to be her yeah. you completely truly like someone and admire them when you know them Yes. so this is why the influencer market which i think in around 2018 reached its peak with instagram became be- becoming extremely popular among the gen z among the generation and everyone using it and you know trying to uh, put themselves out there through clothing by th- that becoming their sense of expression and because of which the social media market reached its peak and like you know uh, these influencers became extremely popular and they are extremely well paid because because of the profession because of the kind of buzz they are creating brands want to hire them want them to re- want like you know these people to represent them even when you talk about me and my brand i would rather have a influencer with a huge following and a huge content base promoting my brand than a big celebrity because then people when people see an influencer who is relatable who is doing day to day you know activities as i would be it going to college be it attending small events i would also want to see myself like you know in that clothing and rather than seeing a celebrity attending a promotional event because that isn't something that i would be doing so yeah. i feel like that is why influencers today have reached you know the kind of a uh, peak that they have and creating the kind of appeal to the market yeah right thank you so much well i guess we can wrap this conversation up with that um if you guys have any closing remarks you can go ahead i guess that's the you know whole point or the gist of this that yeah. you know fashion in its identity has starting from the six the early 1600s um going on to you know the 18th and 19th century has has first been ridden in this cage of perfection you know right. um defining perfection embracing so called perfection i mean who knows what perfection is <laughs> uh flaunting the so called perfection yeah. to today i think catalyzed by the gen z i give absolute credit for this breakthrough to our generation you know from a lot of lot of people i look up to to you know actually changing this definition to something that's you know more realistic more raw and you know actually explaining that perfection is a flawed concept mm-hmm. 
and how without having to be within the rigidity of the so called perfection one can live a life earlier this was not something that was embraced why are why in the earlier times um women fell into a rigid cycle of doing certain things why was everybody so desperately wanting to um look a certain way right i love that society part by the genzi fueled by i think their thoughts and a lot of uh, action in society is doing away with this definition and i mean it's obviously interesting and will be exciting to see what lies ahead in the coming 10 years but i think we are at a really good point which has a lot to hold for all of us i think right thank you so much for that um thank you guys for coming on the podcast i hope you guys enjoyed this discussion uh yeah so we'll be wrapping up now thank you guys thank you guys for listening to that episode i really really hope you enjoyed it don't forget to follow us on all our socials and on spotify so you never miss a new episode